Amen. Let's open up God's Word and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the Word this morning. Amen. I only get like 45 minutes, maybe an hour a week. Lately, we've been having one service a week because of this amazing Michigan weather. It's funny how people are surprised, though. Every know it's funny every year people are surprised. They're like, wow, I can't believe how cold it is. Well, look on a map. We live in Michigan. <laughs> okay? We're pretty far north. So I'm not surprised. It just happens. I'm thankful, though, that that we have had everyone been able to hopefully stay warm and, and, and enjoy some of the days off. I know school, they've had like eight or nine days off in the last few weeks. That's probably different than for, for most of you who work a nine-to-five jobs. You probably haven't had eight or nine days off. But I, I want to encourage you. I, put up, I have a weather forecast. I want to show you the weather forecast because this week we have a business meeting, and it's going to happen. Oh, do the other one. Do the, there it is. That's... Wouldn't that be a nice weather forecast if this was real? Looks like on on Wednesday right now, we're looking at 80 degrees and mostly sunny. Let's call mostly sunny. I like the looks of it. But let, I actually, I know you're probably thinking like, I didn't expect to get the weather forecast at church. No, Chuck Gatica is not here. It is just myself. But the real forecast for Wednesday, holiday, this is the real deal. It, I don't see any 40 below. I don't see any eight inches of snow, and I don't see any ice. Hallelujah. It's light snow on Wednesday. We will have a business meeting Wednesday night. How many are you excited for a business meeting? I've never been so excited in my life because we've been putting this thing off because of the weather conditions. It's been crazy, but it will happen this week, and I want to encourage you to come. Uh, members, non-members, both alike, listen, we are going to share with you a lot of vision. We're going to share with you some exciting things. We, we don't handle business meetings as, as like gloom and doom and, and like, oh, look at all these. We say, look at God has done, and look what he's going to do. So we're going to share with you some, some vision. We're going to have some worship at the beginning. We're going to have our business meeting, which is really vision forecasting and sharing some stories. And then we're going to close off with prayer and let you go home. So that will happen Wednesday night. Three Wednesday nights in a row, no church. We're having it this week. It's going to happen. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God is calling us out. Amen, church. God is calling us out to live lives that are separate from the world. How many believe that? God wants us to step out, and God is calling us out. I want to read just a verse at the beginning, and I don't have this verse for the PowerPoint. I apologize, but uh, if you have your word, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 43. I'm just going to build the sermon from here, and then we're going to go somewhere different. But John, chapter 1, verse 43, if you remember, um, this is at the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus. For 30 years, he has uh, been working and, and being with his family and, 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 and building uh, his life in that situation. But now he's, his ministry has begun. We find him here in this story, and he's beginning to call people out. And he's calling them to follow him. And we find in John chapter 1, verse 43, where it begins, it says, The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, he said to Philip, well, follow me. So he calls Philip out to live a life, to step out and to follow him completely, to give it all away. And the thing that Philip does, Philip has friends. How many in this room have friends? Amen. Jesus knows that Philip will tell his friends he knows that in this city there are some other men who are going to follow him. So he uses Philip and he calls him out to follow him and, and to be a person who influences others to do the same. This is how Jesus calls things out of us. Things that won't necessarily come out if we don't have his voice in our life. 
We have to have the voice of God in our life to, to hear him when he's calling us out, to step out in faith in areas in our life. And we see this demonstrated in the New Testament, and this builds momentum in the life and ministry of Jesus, is that when others begin to talk about this opportunity that they have. Church, we are the voice of Jesus on this earth. His spirit is in us. And if we are quiet, if we live our lives without sharing the love of Jesus, then, then the word's not getting out the way it should. God says, I want to use my people to be my voice. And when he put that in us through his spirit, we're going to stop there. And I want you to turn to the book of Second Kings. And it might be a few minutes before we get there. So if you have a hard time finding it, I'm giving you lots of time to find the book of Second Kings there in the Old Testament. But uh, I want to share with you a few thoughts. There's a condition that maybe some of you have heard of, but I think all of us maybe suffer from once in a while. And this is a condition called FOMO. Anybody ever heard of FOMO? Fear of missing out. Say that with me. The fear of missing out. It's called FOMO. And what I think is fascinating about FOMO, and and when I think about this word, many things come to mind when I think about the fear of missing out. And us, we all have this, at times, fear of missing important events, right? Or this fear of missing the game, or the fear maybe of missing a big sale. Uh, it's, It's called FOMO. It's this fear of missing out. But the one area that we should suffer the most FOMO is the fear of missing out on what God is doing across the earth. I believe that we should fear more than anything else, Lord, I don't want to miss what you're doing on the face of the earth. Amen? Missing out what he's doing, not only on the face of the earth, but missing out what he's doing in our services. Missing out what he's doing in our build groups. Missing out what he's doing even on the prayer truck. I want us to have FOMO. God, I need to get on that truck because I don't want to miss out what God is doing in that ministry. Amen? So we need to have this, this desire that God, I want to get all, I want to get all in so that I don't miss out. But the bigger picture is God is moving across the face of the earth. And I don't want to miss, we don't want to miss out on this historical move that is happening. Right now on the face of the earth, millions and millions of people are coming to know the love and the forgiveness and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even today, right now in heaven, they are celebrating hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives coming to Jesus Christ. Isn't that the thing that we want to be a part of? Church, one of the things we're going to share at our, at our, at our business meeting is we need to pray that God would use us to lead more people to Jesus Christ. Church, amen? I see enough of your faces often. I love your faces. They're great faces. But I want to see new faces. I want to see people coming who've never met Jesus before into this house. Amen? And they don't have to be saved before they come to church. We need to come, they can come in unsaved, unwashed, uncleansed, and then we can show them the love of Jesus Christ right here in this very building. Amen? We need this opportunity to happen for us because God is doing things in the world that are extraordinary. Things that we've never seen before in history. If you were here when Pastor John Javed was here, and I just heard from him yesterday, and they're back in Pakistan leading people to Jesus Christ. Things are happening still back there. But when you were here in that room that night and you, and you heard them preach, and how many know they were a, a 
dynamite tag team. <laughs> this microphone will never be quite the same. But they were dynamite. They were amazing. But, but they're leading hundreds of thousands of Muslims to Jesus Christ. If you weren't here that night, he was sharing stories. I saw pictures of, of, of a, a whole army full of men who stand outside the meetings with AK-47s because the enemy is being completely demolished and, and humiliated and, and people are upset because God is on the move. This is an extraordinary time to be alive. And, but there are things that are happening now in this body, and I want you to be encouraged that I believe that God is doing a new thing at Harvest Land Church. Can you say amen if you believe that? A new thing. And he's building momentum in our lives and in this place. But have, has it ever occurred, has there ever been times in our life, maybe you've noticed in your life, where maybe things seem a little mundane? And, and, or, or even, I don't want to use this word to, to make this, is not a declaration over anybody. This is even in my life. There have been times when I'm not seeking God and I'm not pursuing God. Things can get a little bit stale or even boring. I've heard people, I can't imagine anyone ever being bored in God's house. How many know we are in God's house? The, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. It should never feel mundane, boring, ordinary, same. It should always be exciting and extraordinary. Amen? Because our God is not a mundane God. Our God is an amazing, powerful, moving, wonderful God, isn't he? But what we know is that God can shift your life even one degree, even if you make that one thing, that one change, God can shift your life in one direction and change your life into the most extraordinary, life-changing, life-moving thing ever if you would just let him move you. If you would just say, God, I'm ready to be moved. So maybe what we need to do is have a little bit of FOMO in our lives. Amen? The fear of missing out on what God wants to do in our life. If I live every day, God, I don't want to miss an opportunity to love somebody. I don't want to miss an opportunity to be a witness of somebody. I don't want to be like Tim Tebow, that story I shared about Tim Tebow. He, 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 his life is an ongoing testimony of what God has done in his life. And even an atheist is saying, if I would sit underneath this man's teaching, I would probably convert to Christianity. God, I want my life to have that influence on people. I don't want to miss any opportunity to share the love of Jesus. Amen. And as you grow in your walk with God, you begin to say, God, it's less about me and it's more about others and it's always about you. And that's a sign of growth. And when it comes to, when it comes to what God is inviting us into and how he wants us to have this area of influence, he's inviting us the way Jesus invited Philip there in first John, he invited him to follow him. And there have been moments in my life and probably moments in your life, if you had waited for something, you would have missed the opportunity. And so many times we think that opportunities will just wait for us. But how many know that's not the, the, the case? We need to be ready for every opportunity that God has in our life. Amen? God allows us to have opportunities, but we need to be ready and respond because we don't want to miss them. And one thing I've realized is that you cannot plan for extraordinary events. You can't plan for it. You, you, you can only prepare for it. And so many times we want to live planned lives and act as if that's the way God moves. But I don't know if you've ever noticed, and I've noticed this, that when you plan your life, 
God has a way of absolutely unraveling your plans, doesn't he? He has a way of changing all of my plans. God unravels them and changes them and, and, and says, no, I have something different than what you thought. I have something even greater, an extraordinary life. And this is the life we want to have. You need to have this FOMO, amen, this FOMO that says, I refuse to be left behind. Church, I want us to have that mindset. God, I refuse to be left behind. I want to be involved in what you're doing on the face of this earth. I want to give in those opportunities I have to give. I want to go when you ask me to go. I want to serve when I have an opportunity to serve. Because that might be the very moment that God's going to do something extraordinary in your life and open a door for you to walk through. I'm thankful that I said yes to being on the guard team. At that time, I didn't realize that God would use that to enable me and my wife to go to Israel. He would open that door. If I would have said no to that opportunity, maybe I would have missed this opportunity to go to Israel. But six years ago, I said yes, not knowing anything. But God already knew, didn't he? So when we have opportunities in front of us, we need to say yes to God, even if we don't know the plans yet. I don't know all the plans that God has for this church. I wish I knew exactly where we're going to be in one year, five years, ten years. Yes, we have vision, but our plans are always his plans. And if we just continue to say yes to God, when God asks us to move in areas, yes, Lord, we will move in this area. It might not be comfortable. It might not be the way we've always done things. It might look a little weird at first. Amen. But how many know if we are in what God wants to do, he will do the extraordinary things in this church. But I think sometimes we have our own plan and our own agenda. And that's what stops the flow, the momentum of what God wants to do in our life. And I think there are some things that God has called us in. But possibly we haven't fully said yes. It's possible somebody could come to church year after year and haven't yet fully said, yes, God, I will follow you. You're still living out your plan for your life when it has to be God's plan for there to be ultimate success. And I think it's the answer that people give. And I've done this before. Someone's asked me to do something, and, and, and especially when it comes to things like, will you help me move? Anybody not like that question? You know, and how, how many know it's not always the best deal? Like, will you take your whole Saturday and help me move heavy furniture that's really awkward through narrow doorways? And in return, I'll pay you with two slices of pizza. That's not always the best negotiating tool for me. I want a T-bone steak and a baked potato, and then I'll help you lift that 200-pound couch or whatever it is, you know, that, that hideaway bed couch, those things that are like a brick. And so I like to say, like, let me think about it, right? That's my way of saying I'm really hoping there's a plan B. I'm really hoping I can get my way out of this. And I think sometimes God asks us to do things, and maybe at times we tell God, let me think about this. Let me think about this. Let me think about serving. But how many know when, when God puts that, that, that urgency in your heart, our answer to God shouldn't be, let me think about this. When God asks you to change something in your life, our answer shouldn't be, well, let me think about it. Our answer should be, yes, God, I'll go. Yes, right now, Lord. Yes, my answer is yes. I don't know the plan. I don't know how it's going to work out. But God, yes. If this is what you want me to do, I will help out. If God asks you to help me move, <laughs> I hope you say yes. <laughs> I'm not moving anytime soon. 
About a few months ago, as I talked about, and also Rami talked about, when God gave us a chance to go to Israel. And I said, my wife, Heather's been praying for a long time, and I have too, but there's something about when that, that my dear wife prays. I feel like the th- things happen. <laughs> but we've always had this desire to go to Israel. And then it happened, unexpected. It just happened. And when we were asked a few months ago, do you want to go to Israel? Immediately, I didn't hesitate. Yes. Now, at the moment, I didn't realize I didn't have the, my, my passport wasn't up to date. <laughs> I didn't know who's going to preach for me on Palm Sunday and Easter, which is going to be Pastor Devin and Pastor John Freeman. Hallelujah. And so I didn't realize, all, I didn't know all the plans yet, but I knew I wanted to go. I didn't, I didn't have it all figured out, but I didn't want to hesitate and say, let me think about it. I said, yes, I have this fear of missing out, and I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. And I don't want that to be given to somebody else. See, when God has given us a ch- as a church an opportunity, guess what? Our generation has an opportunity right now to make this church the best generation it has ever been. There have been generations before us. There have been men and women of God that have gone to heaven before us that laid down their lives for this ministry. And church, it is... We have the baton in our hand right now, and we cannot drop it because we have to hand it to the next generation, and they are ready to run. And I'm ready to hand it over right now in Jesus' name and support that vision. But saying yes to God without hesitation, even if you don't know all the details, even if you don't know how things are going to get done or going to get covered, or I don't know how I'm going to find time. When God asks us to do something, Lord, I pray that we would have a fear of missing out what you want to do in my life. Lord, I don't want to miss out on the plans and the purposes you have for my life. It's a terrible thing when somebody at the end of their life says, I wish I would have, I wish I could have, I wish I would have done more of these things. And they missed out. Church. Today's the day to say, God, I will go without hesitation. I will do what you're asking me to do. And so that's, in our life, it was Israel. We're going to Israel. And maybe they, I believe that they probably knew that we would drop everything to go. I would just drop everything to go because I don't want to miss this opportunity to go. You know, I don't want God thinking, you know, he's got a lot going on right now. I don't want God saying he's got a, he's probably going to, he knows already what we're going to say. But I don't want, I want, I want God to, God to say, I know he's willing to drop everything for me. See, when Jesus asked the disciples to follow him, he, I don't think I heard them say, let me get back to you in about a month. Let me, let me plan everything out. Most of them said, I'm going. I don't even know where. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know the plan. But Jesus, I'm willing to follow you, and I'm trusting in the plan. I'm trusting in this process. See, I have a huge FOMO that I want to be wherever God is. Church, let's have that huge FOMO that as a church, we want to be wherever God is. Amen? I want to be where God is. You know, we have this opportunity to give today towards the, the Welch family at the bake sale. That's an opportunity God has, listen, an opportunity to eat some delicious baked goods to help a missionary. That can't get any easier than that. Amen? God set that one up nicely. You get to take care of that sweet tooth and help a missionary. That's amazing. 
You have an opportunity to be on the prayer truck. Those, those dates, Lord, are going to be coming. Opportunities, they're, they're made right there. God said, I'm making an opportunity for you to ministry. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to hear, Julie is going to share her, her testimony. She's going to share about her trip to Uganda, how God gave her an opportunity. And she just, yes, Lord, I don't, I know she didn't always have a plan at first. She just went. And wherever the Lord led me, God, it's just your plan. How I many know God is giving us opportunities in this church to, to say yes and to, to see the extraordinary, the, the fulfillment of God's purpose in our life. Amen. So we don't have a lot of excuses. Moses had a lot of excuses. We, we could have excuses. I'll get back to you, God, on that. We think our, our, our reaction should be, Lord, I don't want to miss out. And as God is building momentum in our life, one of the things we have to say is, Lord, I don't want to miss out on what you're doing. I don't want to miss out because this life goes by so quickly. Whether it's in Israel, whether it's in Detroit, whether it's right here in Clarkston, Michigan, wherever it's at, I want to be where God is doing something. Amen? I want to be where God is at. And he's here and he's there and God is moving across the earth. And the first point, I want to give you the first point this week, and then in two weeks I want to finish this up because i got a lot of scripture to read here. But number one is this, refuse to stay behind. Say that with me. I refuse to stay behind. I want to see our whole church moving in one direction towards purpose, towards vision, where God has us to go. I don't want to see people left behind being the same person they were last year, five years ago, ten years ago, but I want to see our church growing and multiplying in new and creative ways. Amen? Now, we all can make excuses. Life is full of challenges. We know that. Life is full of a lot of challenges, right? Uh, It's not about if I'll get a challenge. You're going to get a challenge, but I got news for you. When we get a challenge with God's help, we'll solve it. Amen? And then we'll get another challenge, and we'll solve it. And you get another hurdle, and you'll go over it. And every time we go through these challenges, every time we, we face these things, listen, God will give us the, the influence, the, the ideas to get through these things. And what happens in the process, we begin to grow. Or we could just stay in the same mundane system that we've always done because it's safe and, and, and it's not as challenging, but we won't grow. God, I want to grow, amen? And it might mean there's some challenges along the way. There's challenges to reaching the lost. There's challenges in all these things. There's challenges to go on mission trips. There's challenges to ask God to use your life in amazing ways. There are challenges, but every time you go through the challenge and God gets you through the challenge, guess what? You grow. It's an amazing feeling when you face something and you see God get you through it and you begin to grow through these challenges. I want to read this. <laughs> Finally read this passage of Scripture. I told you it might take a while. Second Kings Chapter 2, we're going to begin at verse 1. Fighting God's calling us higher. And I love this, this story. It's about Elisha and Elijah. And when I read about Elisha, it always pulls me in. It always brings me in because I want to have a life like Elisha. Amen? I hope you do. Or Elijah. I, I, I want to know the way... I want to know God the way that Elisha knew God. I, I want to know the way God, I want to know the way that he knew God. I want to know that, I want that kind of relationship. And, and I want God to know me the way that God knew Elisha. And so 
Let's begin reading at verse 1 in 2 Kings chapter 2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up in a, a whirl, up to heaven in a whirlwind, you know, I think, stop right there. And somebody asked the question, do you want to be buried or cremated? No, my answer is I want to be taken up in a whirlwind. Wouldn't that be awesome? Amen. <sighs> there goes pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. There goes Sherry. There goes Biff. Amen. There goes Rick. Up in a whirlwind. That would be cool. Yeah, a chariot of fire. But anyway, <laughs> Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Gilgal is a place, if you remember, uh, when they crossed the promised land, they went to Gilgal, and, and all these things happened, the firsts. And so, verse 2, Elijah said to Elisha, he said, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. So he asked, he says, stay. But Elisha's response is, surely as the Lord lives and you live, I'm not, I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to leave you. So they went down to Bethel, which means the house of God. Verse 3, the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked. So now the prophets ask him, do you know what the Lord is, that he's going to take your master from you today. So they knew that God is going to take him from him, that this is going to happen. He said, yes, I know. Elisha replied, so be quiet. Verse four, then Elijah said to him, he said again, stay here, Elisha. The Lord is sending me to Jericho. So first it was Bethel, now it's Jericho. And, and he replied, Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. So you can't get rid of him. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and they asked him again, do you know that what the Lord is going to take your master from you today? And he, he's probably getting tired of these questions, right? He's like, yes, I know. I got it. So be quiet. Then Elisha said to him, verse 6, stay here. The Lord is sending me to Jordan. Now he's going to another place. And he replied, how many know this is getting repetitive? Yeah, this is getting a little repetitive now. And as surely as the Lord lives and you live, Elijah, I wish he would have probably figured it out by now. I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance. That's a lot. And they're standing there facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took off his cloak. He rolled it up and he stuck it in the water, stuck the water in it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Amazing. When they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me. So now the question has changed, right? Tell me what I can do for you. Wow. This is coming from Elijah. What, what, what can I do for you before, before I am taken from you? And his response is, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. This is the man who, who ran, outran a chariot of horses. This is the man who called down fire from heaven to lick up the, the water on the altar against the 450 prophets of Baal. This is a man who was fed by, I mean, on and on and on. And now he's saying, I want double church. I don't want just what our, our predecessors had, our ancestors, those who came before us. God, I want double for our church, double anointing, double everything. Amen? <laughs> so... He wants double. Verse 10, you have asked? You've asked a difficult thing. Yeah. Yeah, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. So he's like, you need to be watching. As they were walking along and talking together. So here they are. Just, he didn't, how many know, Elijah didn't didn't say, here's the plan. We're going to go right here at this exact time. You're going to look up at a 45 degree angle. 
My cloak is going to fall down. No, he didn't say that. He just said, make sure you're with me. Church, we have to make sure we are just with Jesus at all times. Amen? We don't know when he's coming back, but he's coming back. And so we need to be ready. So he, so they, they, they were there, and all of a sudden, a chariot of fire and horses of the, uh, appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of the garment, and he tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him, and he went back, and he stood at the Jordan, the very place that he had just seen Elijah hit the water, and the water split. And now Elisha is there, and now it's time for him to literally just kind of test this out. And so he took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah, and he struck the water with it. And he said, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Basically, Are you going to do the same for me, God, that you did for Elijah? Because I don't want to miss out on what the promise was. He asked when he struck the water, and it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho were watching, and they said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. Church, the spirit of God is resting on us. It is resting on your life, and maybe you don't even realize the potential that God has for your life, but it's easy to stay in the same place. And as they went to meet him and they, they bowed to the ground before him, look, they said, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on the mountain or in some valley. And Elisha says, no, no, that's not what happened. Elisha replied, don't send them. But they persisted until he was too embarrassed to refuse. So they were pretty persistent. And he said, send them. And now they sent 50 men who searched for three days. But they did not find him, obviously. And I don't know if I put this last verse, but I want to read it. I'm sorry. Verse 18. When they returned to Elisha, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? I I like to say the end of this story is epic of Elijah's life. I mean, epic. You can't think of a a cooler way than to leave the earth in a chariot of fire. That's awesome. I mean, that's pretty cool. And it tells you, Elijah was amazing. God's like, you're just coming up right now. And, and he does, does this. It's epic. And Elijah is taken off this earth into eternity without dying. That's amazing riding in a chariot of fire. And, and so Elisha is now left with Elijah's cloak, knowing that he received what he asked for. He asked for a double portion. So he's been given this. And now what is he going to do with it? How many in this room have ever asked God for forgiveness? Yes. God, I want forgiveness. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, Lord, I want half forgiveness. Forgive me of half my sins. Forgive me of half the dumb things I've said and uh, all the dumb things I've done. Just half of it. No, we say, God, all my sin, take all my sin away. Amen? But do we give God all of our life in return? I think many times we're asking God for all, but we're only giving him a little bit back. 
And so now God has said, you have been given exactly what you asked for. You got it. You even got the double portion. What are you going to do with it? Church, what are you going to do with what God has given you? God has given us freedom. God has given us forgiveness. God has given us healing. But many times we just sit in the same place and we don't move anymore. Church, it is time to move and get momentum because we need to have the fear of missing out what God is doing across the earth. Amen? I don't want to see the church down the street having revival. I want revival to happen right here in this place and at that place. Hallelujah. I don't want to miss out. He picks up the cloak and he hits the water with it. He's saying, God, will you be the same God to me that you were to Elijah? I think he was saying, God, I followed Elijah so that I could follow you. And now that he's gone, all I have is you. I want you to listen to this next part very carefully, church. This is what I believe that this is the most prophetic part of the whole message. I spent some time this week with uh, dear brother James. Some in this room know brother James and sister James who went home to be with the Lord. And I took communion over there. It doesn't matter. We just had a good time. And I love brother James. How many in this room know brother James? Man, it was just amazing. Nine, almost 97 years old. He was lifting like 200 pounds when he was 89 years old. Check that out. <laughs> That's amazing. He could bench press Sister James. <laughs> I love Brother James. We had a good time. You know, if you know Brother James, conversations are short and they move quick, right? He's just like boom, 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 boom. And so, but I was looking, I was thinking about him when I was with him. And I was thinking like, Lord, this generation, I need the next generation to step up. He's been faithful. I mean, as soon as I walk in that house, and I don't go there for any other reason to visit him, just to see him, right? Because I'm his pastor. He's, he can't get out of his house much. So I just try to go over there and hang out with him. And, I mean, I can't even walk in the door, and he's like, got his tithe envelope. Here you go. <laughs> That's not why I'm here. But thank you. You know, he, he, he's just somebody. And, I, and I've been thinking about this. When that generation's gone, what are we going to do? Younger generation, what are, we, are we ready to step up? Or do we just have a generation that just comes to church and plays church and just kind of lives in the world? Because we can't, build a, we can't build God's ministry on that. Amen? We need to step up. Come on, somebody, let's step up. We need to have this fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out on what God is doing because he's doing amazing things across the earth. And he's doing it at all ages. He's doing it with kids. He's doing it with youth. He's doing it with college age. Come on, he's doing it with uh, the middle-aged folks like me. He's doing it with our, our seniors. God is moving like never before. But I think a lot of us live our lives on borrowed faith. I think there are people that live their life on borrowed faith, meaning uh, there, there must... There must come a time where we stop getting carried by other people's faith. Elisha had been carried by Elijah. He followed him. He washed his hands, right? He followed him. He was kind of carried by Elijah, and now he's got the cloak. Elijah's gone, and now it's his turn. And I think there, there comes a time when we have, to be, we have to stop being carried by other people's faith, other people's Christianity, other people's giving, other people's relationship with God. It's time that we have our own faith and our own relationship with God. Can I get an amen on that? We got to have our own relationship. 
Your relationship with God can't just be, well, a pastor's going to get me built up and juiced up. And uh, No, I want you to come to this place already fired up for Jesus. Amen? And then we're just going to ignite something spectacular. Hallelujah. There has to come a time when we don't simply believe just because somebody else told me to believe. I want you to believe because you truly believe. Amen? I don't want to just see a generation of people that just kind of go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. But you, you, you want to go to church and you want to grow and you want to lead and you want to disciple. And so it's time for us to not live off of bald faith, but to have our own relationship. There has to come a time where you just know who God is and that you can just say, he's my God, he's my all in all, and I am going to follow you and I'm willing to lay it all down right now and say yes. Amen. I don't want to tell God, let me think about it. Let me get back to you. If the Holy Spirit says, I want you to fast. Well, let me, let me think about that for a couple of weeks. And I'll get back to you. Guess what happens over a, a couple of weeks? I forget about stuff. <laughs> we all want to get to that place, but many times we don't want to travel that journey. Elijah and Elisha began this journey together at Gilgal. Then Elisha, Elijah went to Bethel, Jericho, the Jordan. And each time Elisha said, I want to go. I want to go. And then Elijah said to, I mean, the prophet said to Elisha, do you know what the Lord is doing? He's taking your master today. And what they're actually saying to him, do you know that this is the end of the road for you, Elisha? You've always counted on Elijah to be kind of the one who got you places. Now this is the end of the road. Elisha was given the opportunity to stay behind when Elijah went to Bethel. He was told to stay behind. He was given this opportunity. There's a recurring theme, like I said, over and over again. Stay here. Elijah said what? I will not. And then it says, and so they went. And and so I wonder right now, if you're comfortable with where you're at, are you able to stay where you're at? You have an opportunity today, every time we come together, every time you're in the Bible at home or here. I mean, the Holy Spirit gives you an opportunity. Do you want to stay where you're at comfortable? Or do you want to go where God is leading you? In church, I, I prophesy today that we have this fear of missing out. As God is building momentum, that we're willing to say, God, I'll, I'll, I'll drop everything right now for you. If this is what you want me to do. See, because you can stay in the same place year after year. Amen? It's easy. That's, an, that's a mundane life. How many, that's a mundane lifestyle. That's not real exciting. Uh, the same level of faith. The same addictions. The same problems. The same level of giving. The same level of worship. Same, same, same. And everything is the same. And it's vanilla. And it's dry. We do not serve a vanilla God, do we? We serve a God who, who is constantly moving and changing and growing and developing. And I believe that God is looking for those people that when they are invited to go or to grow, no matter how hard, no matter what you have to give up for God, you will say, God, I will give it all up for you at this moment right now. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing, if, if you had to give everything up, because listen, if you had to give up every possession in your life to go on a missions field, would you do it? 
I mean, literally, if you had to give up all your phone, your cable, your Facebook account, your, some of you are like, I already want to give that thing up, amen? But you're, you had to give it all up and, and say, God, I want you to take your family and go serve me on a missions field full time. You won't have all those luxuries. Are you willing? Think about it. Can you say, yes, I could give all that up right now for God? That's a good way to measure your priorities. So this is where Elijah is at. If I could have the worship team join me up here. And I want to pray with you this morning as we, we ask God to move us into a new place and refuse to stay behind. I want to see anyone in this room ever stay in the same place. We want to give you opportunities to grow, opportunities to lead, to serve, to be ministered to, to, to experience things, to go on mission trips, to, to hear testimonies of, of missions, to go on prayer trucks, to, to disciple. Listen, God has given us many opportunities to grow, but there are many opportunities to stay the same and say, I'll get back to you on that one, God. I'll get back. Let me think about that. Let me process this a little bit. Let me, let me calculate all the things that will mean to my life. But sometimes we can't just calculate. We just have to say, God, I'm just trusting in you. It's going to all work out because God is in it. I didn't know all the things. Even when we were asked to go to Israel, I, at that moment, I had no clue. I didn't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work. But I know I want to go, so I'm, I'm going to go. And there are things in this church that sometimes we say, God, I don't even know how this is all going to work out. I don't know how we're going to do this or for this. I don't know if we can even uh, assimilate something as big as like the Easter egg extravaganza. It's going to cost money. I don't have a budget. And sometimes the Holy Spirit just says, just do it and trust me. Just do it. And Lord, I pray in our life, if there's an area in our life that God has been stirring you to move, to change, to grow. We won't hesitate anymore. When God asks us to give, we'll give. When God asks us to go, we'll go. Because I don't want to stay in the same place. In the same, spiritually speaking right now. I don't want to stay in that same place. I don't want to live off borrowed faith or borrowed this. And I want, I want to see every person in this church have their own relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not, your relationship has nothing to do with me, really, or, or the worship team or anyone in this. It is between you and God. And, and he, he has to become your, your very best friend. He has to become your, your everything. It's your relationship with Jesus. Lord, I thank you for these opportunities you give us in this body, in this church. Many opportunities have come our way. And Lord, let us as a church body and as individuals respond every time by saying, yes, Lord. If you want me to reach out to that person who's in need or visit that individual or, 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 or just encourage someone with that word, God, I, I will do it, Lord God, even if it's not in my comfort zone or in my agenda, my plan. Lord, I don't want to miss out on what God is doing across the earth. Lord, I do not want our church to miss out on what you're doing across the earth. But Lord, if we, if we, if we decide to stay in the same place, if we decide that we're not going to change, God, we, we will miss out on some of the things that you want to do. But Lord, I want to be ready to go where you asked me to go. Elisha wanted to go wherever Elijah was. He said, I want to be where you're at. I want to be where the action is at.
I don't want to be left behind. I want to be right there. And when the time comes, I want double portion. I pray if you have children in this room that you would say, God, I want my children to have twice as good a life that I have. I want my kids to know Jesus. I want them to know the love of Jesus. Listen, it's not just I want my kids to be successful. I want my kids to love Jesus with all their heart and then successes will come. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, Matthew 6, 3, will be given to you as well. Amen. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening this morning. But more importantly, thank you, God, for speaking to us. From the very first song we sang and out the doors we go, God, that you would lead us and guide us and open up opportunities for us. I pray that our love for Jesus would be so infectious, it would be so uh, apparent that when you come across somebody who is an atheist, instead of being in opposition with them, because sometimes that's what the church has done, it's like this opposition, like we have to combat, we have to convince. But how I many know we can just begin to show people what God has done in our life, like your testimony, how God has changed you, how God is moving you, and you do not have to be perfect, because guess what, you will never be perfect. But you can always say it. But I am a work in progress. And God is doing something new in my life. Amen. God is doing something new in my life. I pray that our life would so reflect Jesus. That when we come in contact with somebody who is hurt, broken, full of anxiety, full of fear, full of any of these doubts. God, that they would see Jesus in us. They would see the love of Jesus in us. As I shared that testimony of Tim Tebow, I just think that's amazing when, when that atheist said, whenever I'm around a Christian, I just roll my eyes. But something about him makes me listen. I want you to know we all have that something in us. You have that something. That is the love of Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit that gives us that ability to, to see those walls broken down. That, that something that we have that will make people listen. And Lord, now I pray as we have opportunities, Lord, that we would respond. We would not miss out on what you are doing on the earth.